Good evening to dear listeners and welcome to this wicked interview with your host Anthony Drago. It's such a pleasure to be with you this Wednesday. Uh, last week I had challenges so we did a replay and I did get good feedback um, from those of you who listened um, to my previous interview with Dr. Dr. Martha Watts. But thank you for tuning in. Um, you might be listening to us on tdnradio.net. Uh, watching us live on Facebook, on TDN Radio Facebook page or This Week in Interview Facebook page. You can also see us live on TDNTV.net. Special welcome to our listeners in Dominica who are listening to us on RVR Jams on DigiPlay Channel 59 in the Nature Isle of Dominica. Thank you once again for tuning in. I really appreciate you uh, making the time to be with me every Wednesday night. To my regular listeners, I say welcome back. I appreciate your support. Every week you make me part of your weekly schedule. And for that, I am appreciative. I don't take that for granted. And if tonight is the first time that you're listening to me on this week in interview, what I want to say is my intention is to make you a regular listener. So welcome. Welcome. And, and also, um, I always try to say, text somebody, reach out to somebody, tell them that this weekend interview is live and they should tune in. They can tune in on tdnradio.net, tdntv.net, Facebook Live on TDN Radio's Facebook page and this weekend interview Facebook page. Tonight, my, my guest tonight uh, has been on this program before. He was in this program before in his capacity as, as an engineer uh, working for one of the major... Um, companies in the U.S. Tonight, he is wearing a completely different hat. Uh, those of you who follow activities in Dominica may have been aware that the leader of the Dominica Freedom Party resigned about four weeks ago, um, somewhere around the 26th, 27th of January. He submitted his recognition to the party, and the party uh, named Bernard Ito as the as the new leader of the party and just as i did when kent was elected leader of the party uh, about three years ago one of the first interviews he had was on this weekend interview i reached out to bernard and he was grateful enough gracious enough i should say to to accept my invitation so he's my guest tonight he's going to tell us about the dominica freedom party what the plans he has for the dominica freedom party and what the dominica freedom party has to offer Dominicans in terms of governance, in terms of economic development. But as usual, before we jump into things, I would like to take a quick break to the Caricom Anthem. And when we come back, uh, Mr. Bernard Ito, the leader of the Dominica Freedom Party, will be joining, me, joining us um, all the way from Dominica. We'll be right back. 
distant lands Our forefathers came Some seeking adventure Some bound in chains Through battles waged and fought Through victory and pain By test of their courage Our freedom was gained In homage to those gone before us The heroes of lands in the sun We vow to join hands and to focus On building one Caribbean Raise your voices high Sing of your Caribbean pride The Queen.
Welcome back, listeners. Um, every week, every week I play the CARICOM anthem, and, and I'm encouraged because so many people tell me that that's the first time they hear it, and that's the only place they hear the CARICOM anthem is on this week in interview because I have this aspiration that uh, the Caribbean is going to be one nation. And if you're going to be one nation, then you certainly need uh, an anthem. And Mikkel Henderson does a tremendous job with the CARICOM anthem. It's a beautiful song done by a super, super talented artist. But tonight, tonight we're on my favorite topic. Everybody knows I like politics. I like to talk politics. And on this weekend interview, we don't shy away from politics because politics is life. Politics is what determines the, the distribution and the development of resources in the country. And so when people say, I don't talk politics, I don't do politics, all you're doing is passing on uh, for somebody else to make decisions for you. And so if you're from Dominica, you would be familiar that the Dominica Freedom Party, um, the party of Miss Dame Eugenia Charles, who has gone crossed over, but she's left that legacy of the Dominica Freedom Party. And a lot of Dominicans still look back with nostalgia at that party. Um, so many times, we all, those of us who travel outside of Dominica, when you meet someone and you tell them that you are from Dominica, they say two things. Um, they either knew somebody who went to Ross University or they remember that we had that woman prime minister, um, Miss Charles, and, and so of, of great fame. So the topic of my, to of my discussion tonight is the Dominica Freedom Party. Uh, the reason why it's my topic tonight is because uh, about four weeks ago, the, the, the leader of the party resigned. And um, the party was very quick to, to name a successor in the person of Mr. Bernard Ito. Bernard has been on the show before with me as this week in interview uh, guest uh, in his capacity, uh, in his profession, in his work as, as an engineer working for Texas Instrument. Tonight he's wearing a completely different hat. But I want to give him a very warm welcome back um, to this weekend interview. Bernard, welcome. Your, your mic is muted. There we go. Very good. Yes, thank you so much. I'm, I'm happy to be on the show tonight and to, to have a, a dialogue and a, a rap session and, and talk to, to your listeners. So it's, uh, it's a good thing. I think dialogue is the key to um, everything we do as humans. So. Uh, it's my pleasure to be in the show tonight. Certainly. The last time you were here, we were talking about um, alternate energy and the opportunities for the Caribbean islands to implement technology, um, electric energy, cars, electric um, solar power, and all of those things. Um, tonight, right. you're here as the leader of the Freedom Party, which means that if you were to remain the leader of the party, the party goes to elections and the party wins, you would be prime minister and then you would get a chance to be able to implement some of those ideas that you had. But before we step too far in, um, we've picked up quite a few new listeners since you've been here last. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself um, to and remind people uh, of the um, of Bernardito. Who is Bernardito? All right. Well, I like to say, you know, Bernardito is a, is a, is a man of... Of, of the soil, you know, Bernard Ito is a, is a Dominican born and raised pretty much for, uh, you know, most of my early days, uh, uh, formative years in Dominica. I was born in Roseau. People think there are no original people from Roseau, but there are thousands of us, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, 
going back generations. And uh, we, you know, and um, I'm, I'm a Beto family, Barford uh, area. Um, my, my aunts, my great aunts, and all of us grew up in the general area um, and so on. Um, I attended, uh, my early days was at the uh, convent prep. Again, yes, guys do, did go there. I, I get, I get flack on that sometimes. But, um, you know, I attended convent prep and then went on to uh, St. Mary's Academy um, where I went to high school. And uh, of course, all, you know, um, I think all my friends and colleagues would, would know me and remember me. I, I sometimes forget I've been gone a while. So maybe some of the younger generation may not know me, but, um, um, I, you know, that, 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 that used to be my, my, um, my circus, his rules in town and, and so on. Right. Um, my early days, really, I, 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 from an early time, I, I, as long as I can recall my, my, my earliest recollections, is, is to have sort of a social conscience, you know. So I was very early on involved. And where that came from, who knows? Some people may be born with that sense of needing to do something uh, to, to, to lead and organize and to, to, to help structure their societies in better ways. And somehow I, I always felt that impulse. Um, from my early days, so I was I, I was always involved in in, in, in student government. Um, I used to be prefect of most of my, my 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 grades. I eventually became the head boy of my school, St. Mary's Academy, and um, I still remember vaguely the the my executive council. In fact, one of them is the CEO of uh, of, of Flow now, and uh, so um, you know we had an interesting group of guys um, at that time. So let's see what happens. Maybe that executive from St. Mary's Academy has a, a useful role to play here. Anyway, we went on to, um, I went on then to the Sixth Form College after graduation um, from, from St. Mary's Academy. He studied, as you said, I was a techie, I still am. Studied uh, the, the, the sciences, you know, and, and so on. And my, my focus was, my, my, my professional focus was always in the, in the technical world. However, I think my emotional focus has always been in the social world. So. After graduation from the sixth form, I, I got involved in National Youth Council politics, eventually rose to become the, uh, the first. And we revamped the National Youth Council at the time, which was sort of dead. And we brought it back together, put the constitution together, and, and now it's functioning to this day. But I was sort of the first new wave president of those National Youth Councils back in the 90s. And, uh, that was something I, you know, I, I Feel good about we were able to bring that energy back because the energy of the youth has sort of died out from the time of the 70s right when all these interesting things happened the radicalization of the youth and then it was sort of a clamp down in the 80s and then we sort of re-emerged in the 90s and said no the youth has a real role to play and still does and, um, eventually though I, I always knew i had to leave dominica to pursue sort of my professional dreams in the science and engineering field really. And after I worked a few years in Dominic, I actually taught at the St. Mary's Academy for one year. That was a very interesting year. And um, went, did a bit of journalism and so on. And then I left um, to, 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 uh, to, to, to pursue those ambitions to um, utilize my talent to the fullest. And went to uh, Midwestern State University in Texas. I earned degrees there in engineering and uh, chemistry. And then in geology and so on and um, that was my path my path was to do engineering and, uh, to work in those areas got a scholarship to graduate school um, to pursue um, semiconductor engineering product development new product development uh, through a program at uh, 
Texas Instruments, which is one of the major firms that makes semiconductors, which are microchips, uh, the brains of the smart world, I like to say. And so went on to do that and uh, pursued that and uh, went on to a uh, career in the field, design, uh, development, uh, innovation, creativity. These are the sort of things I think that are critical to Dominica's needs. Um, but the most important thing I took from that corporate experience is the ability to design systems. Because not only do technical systems need to be developing, but socio-technical systems, which are even harder, but they are design problems ultimately. And so that's where I've spent the better part of my career um, in the new high-tech world. But as I said, my emotions, my social soul, as you may, always lies in economics, in development issues, in developing countries' issues, and that's really where my my love is. And so, sort of into my technical career, I have diverted some of my energies to developing uh, additional uh, advanced degrees, pursuing a PhD in economic development, and um, really, um, you know, as I said, that that's that's my natural place in the world emotionally. So it's uh, it's been a very satisfying process. And that has been the process. I've been doing this now between uh, I do several entrepreneurial things in Dominica to, to, to get into the whole development aspects and to utilize that skill set as well as the engineering aspects. And I've been doing that. As you said, we've had conversations in the past on sustainable energy and lots of, of different engineering aspects. But I think now, given the new position and uh, the new focus, and, and really increasingly transitioning my, my, my life and career to what I like to call Bernard 2.0, which is more socio-economic rather than technical, um, that, that sort of is a natural transition for me. It's sort of like a common home to me, to be honest with you. Um, this is really where my, my, um, where my, my journey started in, in terms of social interest and involvement um, in improving my, my, my country, because I've always had this belief um, that Dominica could be a special place. We have special people. We have smart people. Um, we should be able to take a seat at the table of brotherhood that is more than it is today. I've always believed that from very early on. Um, and I believe it to today. And that has been a lifelong journey to explore the possibilities and to help help, help where I can uh, dedicate whatever talents and skills and education and, and, and resources that I may have to seeing that dream come true. I would hit, I would hit few more generations to pass on and, and that, that dream is, is, is still just a painful uh, nostalgia. We should really actualize that dream and that's, that's, that's what I think is, is the time is right. Okay, so thank you for that. Let me just say because maybe folks um, came in right up before, right after we started. My guest tonight on this week in interview is Mr. Bernard Ito. Bernard took over the leadership of the Dominica Freedom Party when Ken Vital um, resigned just about a month ago. And so I invited him on so that uh, you could get to know him. Because as the leader of a party, he's proposing himself, he's offering himself up for service. And so I wanted you to get to know him. I want you to get to know him. I'm sure I'm going to invite him back multiple times. Um, but but this, this first breaking of the ice, so to speak, is to introduce you to the man. And he gave a very um, extended and well-rounded description of himself and what drives him. And what stood out to me was that even from very young, he seemed to always find himself in leadership positions as, 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 the, as the prefect of his class, the head boy in school, 
um, the president of the National Youth Council, and and all of those things. So, so I, I guess for the folks that know Bernard, it's not surprising that he um, has has risen to to the leadership of one of the major parties in Dominica. So, Bernard, what I what what I want to ask you because I'm always going to go by pretty quickly. Ken Vital um, was the leader of the Freedom Party for almost three years, from 2017 to just a month ago. And you are now taking over from Ken Vital. How, what, what, are people, what are Dominicans going to see different under your leadership? Not necessarily, I'm not saying that like a criticism that Ken didn't do whatever, sure. but I believe that changing leadership is an opportunity for transition. It's an opportunity for revolution. It's an opportunity for new direction, for new ideas. Uh, and so, as the leader of the party, what can we expect to see from the Freedom Party as one of the main political parties in Dominica? Well, I think you said it, Tony. Uh, the, the, the main thing I think we have to focus on, and, and I see as my mission, and I, I see as my objective set forth by the party, is to is to is to 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 actualize the 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 reality that we are one of the major political parties in Dominica. I think somehow over time um, the Freedom Party has become marginalized, and 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 and, and however the Freedom Party is, is 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 alive. The Freedom Party has a legacy of success. The Freedom Party has a brand that is a very good brand, and so what we need and will do is to re-establish exactly what you said, that the Freedom Party is a major political party on Ireland. And we have to do what we need to do to actualize what we know is, 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 is possible here. And so we need to build our institutional capacity to, to operationalize, to have, the, to have the, the boots on the ground, to have the resources, to have the, the, the organization, to have the, uh, to have the dialogues we need to have, to have the outreach that we need to have, to actualize that um, that intention, so operational capacity is something that I intend to focus on as, 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 as a leader here. We need to build a party into a force to be reckoned with. We need to be a party that gets things done, that shows the Dominican people that we can get things done here in our capacity as a political party and ultimately as a government, because. There is the perception that somehow the present government and the present crop of leaders is, is the only people who can get things done, but that's far from the truth. They are very competent, capable people uh, who can, in fact, get things done. They can get the real things done rather than token things or uh, you know, the this, this sort of, 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 of class and nearest development. But we'll get into that. So, so um, you're, so, saying, you're saying that folks are going to see a more. Um, forward-leaning party. Forward-leaning, active, visible party. We will certainly see the Freedom Party uh, presence um, in public. We will see the Freedom Party uh, manifesting, you know, its, its presence. And that is one of the things that, that, that we will be working on. And uh, we will not only be working on, on showing that, but showing that we're innovative, creative, and we can get things done. Ultimately, the Dominicans have to believe that the Freedom Party is a competent party that can get things done. And is, a, is establishing that, that mind space through real action in the minds of the Dominican public is one of the critical tasks that we face and will be doing here in the, in the, in the next, next, next few months. 
And the second aspect of that, and one of the most important aspects of that is the grassroots outreach work. We must do, we must be seen uh, with, 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 with the constituents. We must be involved. We must be, uh, we must be, we must be um, in dialogue, right? We must win hearts and minds, and you can only win that by, by, by understanding being on the ground. And so dialogue, presence, organization, intelligence, innovation, these are the sort of forward-leaning things that we look to bring to the party back to relevance, back to the sort of relevance and strength, more so than relevance, I think we're still relevant, but bring us back to the strength where we need to be um, a major contender in Dominican politics. So I have to ask you this question because um, I, was, I was on my show with, with Sam on Friday and somebody called in and uh, texting and said, when you have Mr. Ito on, tell him that I think um, because of the history of the Freedom Party and, and, and bad blood or whatever that may have been developed with, between the party and Dominicans and whatnot, that it might be a good idea to change the name of the party to something else. How would you respond to that um, comment? It's an interesting observation, but I would say absolutely not. Uh, the Freedom Party is proud of its history, its legacy, its accomplishment. Look, the Freedom Party was formed on a platform of, of, of good governance, transparency, fairness, opportunity. Uh, and those were in the days of the Labour Party government of, 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 of uh, you know, um, old, yeah, when there was lots of issues of corruption and there were lots of issues of selling out of the country and underhand deals and... and, and Oppression uh, through the uh, Patrick John era, um, and and the Labour, the Freedom Party was formed in opposition to that. Say no, we are better than this is done. We are fair, we are ethical, we can govern ethically. We do not have to do those things to get ahead. And the Freedom Party not only fought that battle, um, the Freedom Party prevailed in that philosophical argument when it won the elections in 1980 and three consecutive terms and set Dominic on a path to good, fair governance. And we are very proud of that history. We are very energized by that history. We believe it's a very strong, positive brand. And so we are not afraid of that legacy. We embrace that legacy. We want to build on that legacy. We want to reestablish that legacy of integrity, fairness, opportunity for all. Now, of course, in, in, in the latter part of the party, out of power, there were some, certainly, um, some what looking back on it historically could, could have been seen as, as some non-ideal alliances some non-ideal decisions that led the Freedom Party to sort of um, lose its steam and to sort of lose its way in terms of its philosophical alignment and, its, and, its, and its, its belief systems. But fundamentally, the party believes what it does. And our task is not to run away from that legacy, to embrace that legacy, to introduce that legacy to a new uh, electorate. Young people may not, may not have that sense of passion about the Freedom Party that I know people my age and older do who knew what we brought to the table and what we stood for and represented. And it's our job to introduce and to bring that to the young people so that they understand the philosophy of the Freedom Party is, is, is built. And so, so we embrace the name. The Freedom Party embraced the name. And we embrace our color, green. Green is innovation, new, revival, renewal, and uh, this is this is the this is the atmosphere and the energy uh, of, of of renaissance and uh, revitalization and uh, rebuilding and freshness and innovation that we bring back to Dominican politics.
And so we embrace the name, we embrace our, our branding, and we are ready to move forward. So right before I take the break, let me ask you one question that I just saw came through the chat. Somebody wants you to expand a little bit on what the party plans to do to, to attract young people. Because you mentioned that there are some young people, if you realize that the, the Labour Party has been in power for over 20 years. So you have folks who might vote in the next election from 12 years up to maybe, I don't know, 30 years old, 40 years old, that are not familiar with, with the work of the Freedom Party. So what plans does the party have to, to, reintro to introduce the party to young people and to, and to bring them within the fold? It's a very good question. It's a very critical question because young people, I think, are the key to elections in Dominica. Now, I won't go into very specifics, you know, just sort of strategic discussions and, and political strategic discussions that we, we, we have to engage in and farm for. Uh, however, I mean, at a, at a macro level, what we can say is, look, we need to reach young people where they are, okay? And, and to me, one of the most critical things um, is to talk to, to young people in the language that they understand, to talk to them through the medium and media that they understand, to engage them in a fresh, engaging way with young people like themselves who they see believe in the Freedom Party. And so to rebuild uh, the sort of vibrant organization that the, the Young Freedom Party used to be, to, 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 to sell that brand to young people is the critical key. From the medium, as I said, to the messaging, to the way we talk, to the way we engage, to the people we bring on board, to be part of our leadership team to the people we bring on board to be part of our, our, of our volunteer organization. We need young people to tell us and to work with us and to encourage us and to, 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 to reach out to us and to dialogue with us on what is the important uh, ways that they want to be talked to and to be given a, a seat at the table in the way that they wish to. I know one critical thing, because I work a lot with young people at the university, I do a lot of mentoring at, at the university level and so on in the United States, at universities in particular, and so on. And I talk to a lot of because I'm always, I'm trying to build a network of expertise of Dominicans around the world. I'm always in touch with a lot of young folks uh, who are pursuing the degrees, graduate degrees, and so on, and just, just, just young professionals, Dominican professionals. And I know one of the critical things is that they simply do not see how their skills can be engaged on Ireland. And they do not see a future on Ireland where they can, they, and they want to, they're passionate. They, 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 Man, I'm an architect. How can I do something in Dominican? I'm, I'm a civil engineer. I, I, I am an analytics guy, but I just do not see how my skills can be utilized in Dominica. And so to come up with the strategic plans and real plans and to develop industries and businesses and entrepreneurships to show young people that when you go out there, you don't have to stay out there to have a career. You can actually come and build entrepreneurial companies with us. Why can't we be the new Silicon Island? Why can't we be the new entrepreneurial island? Why can't we be the little Israel that does startups and attracts uh, its, 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 its people from overseas, from a universities back? Why can't we be India who attracts a lot of its talented people from overseas who are now billionaires and millionaires on, on, on the continent and, and building and developing the economy into a powerhouse? So you see, so, so, so to me, yes, a little CEO is good, a little this is good, and, and this sort of plans are good. But to me, fundamentally, we have to build and craft and design a system that shows young people that your future can be here. And not only can be here in a, in, in a mediocre manner, but you can be wealthy here, that you can be successful here, that you can build your little empire here, that you can earn, you know, this sort of uh, earnings that you could live in overseas here. 
if we could find ways to attract the right investments, to attract the right companies, to get people into the right sort of distance operations, and to, to, to work with these, the high-tech companies and others in those spheres and, and other, other industries. And that's the sort of thing that we should be doing. That is the sort of thing that I do. That is the sort of thing that I do for, for others. And we can do it in that. So I think designing hope, designing a future, and making young people understand that it is real, to show them real results, I think is the most fundamentally important thing we can do to attract young people. We'll certainly throw in a few of the uh, things that the, the Labour Party does to excite and to have a few little bashes here and there. But fundamentally, we need to make young people understand that that's fine for a drink on the weekend. But if you want to be engaged, if you want to have a future in your island, to realize the love that's in your heart for your island, it's the Dominican Freedom Party that's going to design systems that work for young and upcoming people. Awesome. So um, we're going to take a quick break. If you if you join us, we this is this week in interview. My guest tonight is Mr. Bernard Ito, leader of the Dominica Freedom Party. And he's a new, brand new leader. And so I invited him on so he could share himself with us. Um, his ideas, and we can get a better understanding of what the offering is um, from the Freedom Party. Quick, a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to ask Bernard about the, the Freedom Party aspiring to form the government and, and how, how that would look as compared to what currently exists. So we'll be right back. When you feel a sneeze or a cough coming, <coughs> covering your mouth prevents the spread of germs. You probably knew that. But the way you cover up also matters. And that means breaking a habit you've held near and dear all your life. Cover your nose and mouth with your flexed elbow or a tissue, not your hands. Discard the used tissue immediately. Then wash your hands. Help stop the spread of germs. Remember, your health is your responsibility. A message by the Health Promotion Unit of the Ministry of Health, Wellness and New Health Investment, Dominica. Welcome back and thank you for staying through the break. Of course, we have to be cognizant of covid in our midst and so we run this ad just to remind you that um if we just do the basic things that we learn when we're growing up in dominica that cleanliness is next to godliness wash your hands keep your nails clean um sneeze into a kerchief um what else um you know, just basic stuff uh, it seems like the answer to covid is just person, good personal hygiene that they taught us when we were in school your, your teeth, examine your teeth, examine your nails, um, examine, um, you know, so, so exercise those things. Wear your mask and exercise good hygiene, hand washing, hand sanitizing. Be aware, be sensitive to others. Don't stand too close to each other. Don't stand back a bit. And um, make a little bit of a sacrifice. I know we just finished with Carnival Monday and Tuesday and we saw some gatherings, but exercise is a little bit of discipline, which is what... I was getting from what Mr. Ito was saying that it's, it's good to have pleasure, but um, there is always, you know, all all play and no work will make Jack a very broke boy. And um, 
and so we have we have to have that discipline. But Bernard, we're back after the break, and I, I want to ask you to get into a little bit of some specifics. I know we only have half an hour left, so it's limited what we can do. But um, give folks an idea of what the Freedom Party is proposing as its as, a, as an alternative government to the Labour Party who has been in power for two, over 20 years now, about 20 years now. Um, what what are, What is being proposed and, and how would the life of Dominicans, how would Dominicans start to realize uh, a, a change, a positive change, if the Freedom Party were to form the next government in Dominica? Yeah, I think there are two fundamental things that we offer our philosophy, our plank for governance, or how we approach governance. Is there are two fundamental things that we, we offer and do and believe in. Um, we believe that the government is not the boss of the people, the government is the servant of the people. And we will certainly operate in that manner, okay? We, 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 we do not dictate, we, we do not plan to be uh, an authoritarian uh, leviathan that um, handles and coerces and controls and manipulates every aspect of everybody's lives on the island. Um, we believe this, this, this is not the right, this is not good political development. There's a process of political development in human society, okay? We move from authoritarianism to democracy to liberal democracy, and I'll talk to that a little bit. You know, we're all familiar with the authoritarian uh, type of model of the kings, and he, he could kill whoever he wanted, and everyone else were peasants, or the, or, the, or the plantation society where the master is in charge and everyone else has to fall in line. That is a certain primitive sort of political society. Human beings over time have evolved past that and has given rights and, 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 and dignity and opportunity to all its citizens and have in fact declared that not only are the citizens due those rights, but the citizens have the right to the governance. They are in fact those who get to govern the country and to select people as their representatives. And we fundamentally believe in that. And so the, uh, the current form of government, I believe, is, is way too authoritarian. Authoritarian, um, It is way too based, way too much on the plantation model where you have the, the big man and everyone else falls in line. Uh, we need servant leadership. We need technical leadership. We need respect of technical ability. We need technocrats who do their work, who are given the respect to do their work and the authority and the bandwidth and the, uh, the, the mental space and the, 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 the operational space to do their work and to, to, to have trust that they will do the work correctly. And so under this, our government, um, that's the set of servant leadership that we will, we, will, we, will, we will insist upon. We will insist on accountability. We will insist on data. We will insist on real results. We will review real things. We will say, what does the data say? And we will not shy away from what the data implies. If the data implies we need to do better in a certain area, then we will do better. We won't hide the data away from people and, and, and give some, some, some cover story of that we're doing well. If the economy is growing, it's growing. If it's not growing, it's growing. If it's diversifying, if it's, 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 it's getting more complicated, then we need to understand that. And so we offer transparency in what we do. We will offer data on what we do. We will be professional in what we do. And we will run the government as it should run. Any good team, any good corporation should be run. 
with accountability, with results, with innovation, and putting the right people in the right seats on the bus. And if the people that are sitting in the seat are not the right people to do the best job for the country that we can, as an executive team, as a government, we need to understand who the best people in our country and wherever they may reside in the in the overseas community are the, the best people for a particular role and, and to, to, to build a, a talented team. And so there will be, there, there will be, you know, team building, there will be talent sourcing, there will be talent placement and respect once we have the right people on the bus to do the jobs that they have been targeted to do. It'll be a cooperative venture. We do not believe that one man, one individual has all the right ideas, has all the right perspectives, they have blind spots, the things they need to do. And we'll be consultative in our process. We will be a team of professionals who manage the affairs of the government as servants of the people. We will report to the people monthly, quarterly, what we're doing, where we are, and where we need to go. Right. So you 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 touch about governance, governance style, and you also spoke about the the economic aspects of it. And earlier you spoke about about the young people. That's that's a that's a lot to to deal with in one in in one go. Um, somebody was asking in the chat. Somebody was asking the question. Well, okay, um, I like the idea that you have a blueprint. What? How would the party, if it were to win the election, how would it implement a system to go from talking about an idea? and transitioning into an execution, into, into an actual um, tangible results. How, 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 what would be your approach to, to transitioning from, because people talk all the time, Dominicans hear a lot of talk, they call on the radio and whatever, and whatever. How is the party going to position itself so that we can move from where we have plans into implementation in a, in a way that, that, that is, like you said, transparent and, and consistent? and seem like it's going after specific goals. Right. Well, you know, we need to, as I said, um, run the government and approach government in a more professional way, in a way that any any Fortune 500 company is run. Um, the key is to translate vision into action, right? And there are, there are processes and procedures by which you do that. You know, um, objective de deployment, for example. You take that general vision You'd break it down into specific goals. You'd break those goals down into specific objectives. Then you'd have specific programs, and within this program, specific activities um, that are related to these programs. And then you roll it back up and see, well, am I accomplishing the vision when I, ex I, I, I execute these specific actions? And you have reviews uh, to see uh, the data, as I said earlier, and, and, and to, 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 to check if um, the data reflects what we wish to accomplish. It's about designing, planning, uh, do, doing this balanced scorecard approach where you look at all aspects of development, you look at your economic aspect, you also look at your social aspects, you look at the political aspects, and you see these things are integrated. And how are these things related to each other? And how, how do these pillars support each other? And then you take, as I said, you take the plans and the vision that you have for each of these areas, and you break it down into very specific deliverables. Right, you break it down to the aspect to down where it's operational. Right, it's good to have an idea, but unless you have an operational action that says do X, Y, Z in a very specific way, then you really are not able to translate that vision into into to reality. But that's the trick. That's the trick that's done in every successful company around the world. It's to take 
an idea, an innovation, a concept, and to translate it into real action. But it takes people who know how to design systems, who knows how to integrate things, who knows how to manage things where you have deliverables and you have accountability to those deliverables and you have the data and systems and the analytics understanding of how those things come together. It's, 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 it's not an easy task to translate an idea, certainly at the governmental level, but that's why you need your best talent. That's why you need the right talent. That's why I talked earlier about getting the right people in the right seats who can help to deploy uh, ideas into action. These are skills and talents involved in doing that. And there are specific tools and concepts that are, are, are used. And um, that is well understood. I want, to, I, want to, I want to dive into that a little bit by taking a specific example. Um, the government is building homes all over Dominica. And of course, it's good to be providing housing to, to the citizens. Um, how would the approach you're talking about, how would it manifest itself differently from how it's being done now? Or maybe I should back up and say, do you agree with the way the housing um, program is being uh, rolled out in Dominica? And if, if you don't, or you see areas where it can be improved, how would you do it differently? The Freedom Party. So, so it's a very good question that you ask. Um, and this is a good example because I think it, it, it encapsulates and it, it, it um, illustrates well several of the problems that we see with development in Dominica. Um, fundamentally, as a party, we do not believe that Dominica is really undergoing development. You know, there is a certain, there's a certain, there's a certain um, uh, bling to Dominica, to use a colloquial term, to Dominica's development. Right? We have fancy apartments go up here, or a new road paved there, or something shiny over there. But fundamentally, if you scratch beneath the surface, nothing has fundamentally changed about the economic possibilities. Nothing has changed in the economic engine to, to, to change the fundamental characteristic of the economy and how it's growing, how it's diversifying, and the type of jobs that it's providing. Nothing fundamentally changes about the social structure and how we treat each other, and how we work, develop trust among each other to work, to do teamwork and to, 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 to have a society that is more, you know, collegial. Um, none of these fundamental things changes with um, the start of, of development that's come. That's why the Freedom Party is interested in what we call authentic development. We want real fundamental changes in the underlying realities of what we're trying to work on. If we work in the economy, we want fundamental changes to the economic structure. If we work in a society, we want fundamental measurable changes in the social character of our people. And so these are the fundamental things that have to be worked on. They're not the glamorous things, but they're the things that transforms a country. Now, to your specific question of, of, of let's take the, the housing. For example, the housing projects that were done, for example, let's say Casabros, okay? If you look at it at a superficial level, you say, yeah, people are getting houses, it's a good thing, look, nice looking apartments. But if you look at it from a design perspective, if you look at it from a, a, from a balanced scorecard perspective, what are all the other aspects that are not considered here? What are the social implications of taking people who are used to an independent way of life and their own holdings with beautiful surroundings and their little gardens in the backyard and their neighbors to talk to in the evening and to lean on the porch and have a conversation, right? And a sense of autonomy by being on your own part. What are the social implications and social costs when you take all these people and you cram them into a, a, a New York style apartment living situation? You have fundamentally changed the character of these people's lives. Not only that, you have fundamentally changed the character of that community. 
what if you were to take everyone in, in, in Casibras and put them into those sort of crowded apartment conditions, uh, these high-rise apartment conditions, which are really designed for, for very urban situations. These are designed for New York City, downtown Chicago, because of this space constraints. You have to go high, you have to go swing, you've got to cram people in. But that is not the reality of Dominica. So from a design perspective, those apartments are, 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 are it's, it's a bad design. And I'm not talking simply about the, the structures themselves. I have my concerns with them as an engineer, but not the structures themselves, but the design of the community. You have to look at the macro design. What are the impacts? Now, would it not have been a better design to take that same money and establish, okay, look, we need to have a sense of growth and economic possibilities for young people in the community. Would it not be better to take half of that money and to open a, 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 a maker space, as you call it, a joint manufacturing endeavor where people can come in in sort of time shared such uh, situations and, and manufacture different goods and buy the equipment and have a community uh, development, a community structure that you can come in and do light manufacturing and labeling and so on and, and grow a sense of possibility to keep young people in the community. Would it not be better to take some of that money and repair some of the quaint, nice looking homes that uh, exist in the community, make them look nicely designed, put a, a, a new porch on them in stone, uh, a nice roof on them, landscape them nicely, have a community that when you come into, you go, whoa, this is an amazingly beautiful community. Could we do that for half the funds that we have spent the millions of dollars in, in, in buildings, apartment complex? Of course we could, of course we could. And it could be designed to be a much more beautiful, appealing, economically developing community. Could we have taken some of that money and invested in the social infrastructure of the community where people look out for each other and they have more social activities and, and, and more games and more uh, sports and some of those things that help keep young kids from getting into uh, deviant behavior? Of course we could have. And then you look at the, uh, you know, the, the political process in the community. <clears throat> could we have developed the institutional capacity to have more effective local governance to do and develop the communities in, in ways that reflect their own values and experiences of that community, of course they could. And so that's the things that I talk about, authentic development that truly change the fundamental nature and a good designs versus things that appear to be appealing, but on, 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 on a deeper examination, the design is fundamentally flawed. So let's spend a little more time on there. Because first of all, you, you spoke about collecting data, collecting information, and therefore the decisions that you make as a government um, is driven by where your data tells you to go. So um, it's funny that you, I, I'm from Casabus and you, you mentioned Casabus. As a Casabus person, I'm happy to see people from my community getting houses. But the last time I was in Casabus, there were so many abandoned houses in Casabus. So is a housing complex in Casabus a necessary part of the development of Casabus? Um, so if, if there are empty homes in the, in the community, why are you building more homes? And somebody will say, well, the people that are getting the homes are not people who already had homes. So, so again, you're saying that that should be, those, those kind of decisions should be driven by the data. What, what is the highest need of customers? Does customers need houses? Or does customers need, as you said, a light manufacturing center so that somebody who's doing pepper sauce or somebody who's doing planting chips or whatever it is, have a place where they can come and, and they can right. they can they can congregate in that way. But 
sometimes when we when we talk about that, people hear you talk about that, some of the reaction that you get is that you're always criticizing. How can you criticize the fact that somebody is being given a home? I want to give you the opportunity to respond to that. Uh, talking about doing something better, but being labeled as somebody who always finds a fault, or um, you, you're somehow uh, anti-Dominica if you talk about the way that the government is doing, how it could be done better. And if you, if you have any ideas, and if Patty has any ideas about the current situation in the international airport, when you answer that question, you can include that in the answer as well. Um, but generally, people view some of the views that you are saying right now as being just criticizing for the sake of criticizing. And I want to give you the, the, the opportunity to, to, to speak to that. Yeah. Yes. It's um, it's 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 a good it's a good it's a good um, observation and something that has to be dealt with. You see, um, you you can only make progress when you look at you compare expected results to plans. Um, you can only make progress when you aspire to do good designs, and so to not look. It's not our fault that the Labour Party. The party in government right now is doing is not doing a good job of thinking through these projects and designing them and, and creating opportunities, many, many opportunities for those of us who reflect on the situation to say, listen, this could be done a lot better. Right? So it's it's not fair to lay the blame upon those who say, hey, you know, there there, there are gaps and there are easily addressed gaps that should be dealt with. Um, the, the blame should be upon those who do a poor job at executing the development of, of the country. And so I think I think it's fundamentally a wrong approach. Even in corporate America, there's constant dialogue and hard questions on, hey, these are the results we need to accomplish. What do we need to do to accomplish results? And hard questions will be asked and people will be held accountable. And in fact, it is the daily grind in any major company in, in, in most, most advanced countries. What are we doing wrong? What are we, we know what we did right, but what are we doing wrong to get better? And so fundamentally, if we, we need to have the stomach, we need to have the disposition to have candid conversations and accountable conversations. And what do we need to do to get ahead? We are a developing country. We are not where we need to be. If we cannot have the conversations about what we need to get better, then we will never make the progress we need to. And so those of us, those who say, well, you're always criticizing, we acknowledge when things are done well, and right, but you must focus on where are the gaps because you're constantly climbing that ladder. And so, do not ask those questions. is just a, a is, is just an abdication of leadership. It's an abdication of responsibility. And if we are placed in the government, and if we're placed in opposition, if we're placed in, in positions of leadership throughout society and what in civil society, whatever organization you are, if you're placed in a position of leadership, you have an obligation to ask what is it that we can do better to make the lives of my organization, my society, my nation better. And that's fundamentally the disposition that we need to have. To avoid those questions is, is an abdication of leadership and responsibility. Absolutely. Do you want to uh, say anything about the current um, activities that's going on around the development of the international airport? Because I'm, I'm getting questions like that on the chat. 
about that. The, the international airport is a tricky kind of conversation, but I am happy to engage. At the macro level, one looks at it and says, um, well, an international airport can only do good things for them. I wouldn't take a position right now on whether that is in fact the case. We certainly know one thing. And, 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 here's, and, and that thing is actually illustrates something that we need to do better in Dominica. We do not, we, focus, we tend to focus on the, the, the particular answer. We don't focus on what is the job to be done, right? And the job to be done is to get people into Dominica safely, conveniently, in enough volume to do what we need to do to develop a thriving nation. That's the job to be done. Um, to jump immediately to the international airport or to this or to that or to that, these are just particular solutions that should be evaluated on the merits, on a set of criteria, and then let the decision drop out. But to immediately jump to one particular solution is really not the, the, the best approach. The approach is, what is the job to be done? And I think if we start having a conversation about what is the job that needs to be done transportation-wise, air transportation-wise into Dominica, um, or, or access to Dominica, um, what is the job? That's the job to be done. And then we should develop criteria that says, okay, cost, um, maintenance, um, you know, the ability to, to operate it ourselves, so on and so on, the social impact, the economic impact, the maintenance costs, and so on and so on. List five, six criteria, um, list the options, and go through again an analysis based on the data on is the international airport the only choice, the best choice, the most suitable choice for that. Um, again, I'm not taking a hard position on the airport as it stands, um, but I'm saying the, the mental process that we need to go through, and it may well drop out to be the right answer, but I'm saying, has the process been gone through to analyze the thing based on a set of reasonable criteria, get the data, go through the, the, the design analysis to say, yep, that is the choice that is in the job. Because remember, as I said before, the focus should always be on the job to get done, not the particular tool you need to get right. to. Right. So we're, we're pretty much at the end of the hour. So I I want to just give you the last couple of minutes to make the case why people should be looking at the Freedom Party uh, and considering the Freedom Party as a viable alternative for the governance of Dominica in the short term. Very good. We believe the Freedom Party is the best platform upon which we can build the Dominica that we are all proud of. Listen, you can build a country in many ways. You can have some level of wealth. But at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, what are the opportunity costs? We believe that the, the opportunity cost that the Labour Party is embarking upon this type of development is, 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 is too much. The, the, the polarization of Dominica, the tribalization that the Labour Party utilizes to stay in power is too much of a cost. The social costs and impacts of a disenfranchised and a disinterested population is too much of a social cost. The focus on surface level bling projects is too much of an economic cost at, at the expense of real economic diversification and complexification. And so the Freedom Party, we offer what we call authentic development. We are the party who want all Dominicans to be engaged with us all Dominicans to be engaged together as a team. 
we lead that team, but we want your ideas, we want your input, we want to show with you, we want to share the data with you, we want to be accountable to you. We want to say, this is where we are. Have candid conversations of the realities, what we can and what we cannot do, and how we can innovate together, how we can be creative together to convert our island into the sort of shining island in the sea that we always know it could be. And that is what the vision of the Freedom Party is with competent, educated, intelligent, uh, committed leadership and leadership who is accountable. And that is the twin pillars upon which we think we can build the kind of society we can be proud of. On the awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. Um, we're flat out of time. Um, I, I want to thank you for your time. I want to wish you well as the leader of the Freedom Party. I, want, I wish the party well. Um, I heard you mention the term authentic development a couple of times in the conversation. So I want to, I will invite you back and we can explore um, what is the concept of the Freedom Party? What is the Freedom Party proposing as authentic development? The suggestion being that maybe not all development is authentic. Um, and so, like I said, I wish you well and thank you so much for your time. Listeners, this has been This Week in Interview. My guest tonight has been Mr. Bernard Ito, the, le the leader of the Freedom Party. Also, I want to let you know that um, uh, this weekend interview was brought to you with the kind compliments of Beacon Dental Group, uh, located on Blue Hill Avenue in, in, in Massachusetts, Boston, Massachusetts. And I know they have a standing, um, they have a standing policy that if you are from Dominica and you happen to be there uh, for the first time, you 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 get a, a free dental cleanup, dental check-in and a cleanup. So check them out on Blue Hill Avenue, um, Beacon Dental Group. Uh, so Bernard, thank you again and all the best. It was my pleasure.